And welcome once again to the Horizon Roundtable. We've got ourselves a nice off-season summer episode uh, this time around. I'm Bob McDonald. I'm at CampusPressBox.com, and I'm on Twitter at uh, Bob McDonald. And with me, as always, Jimmy Lemke. Hello, everybody. I'm, uh, I am from PantherU.com, obviously. <laughs> and, and yeah, I'm enjoying my off-season. Well, as much as you can enjoy your off-season, all things considered. He's, a, he's a, yeah. on Twitter at PantherU, too, as well. Um, except, of course, um, now he is on, he's at PantherU, but he, he's added some new people to get blocked. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes, I, yes, I did. We 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 got a little, uh, you know, uh, you know, it is the off season. Things that are going on. The the big thing is, and this is this has conference uh, title implications to it. Is Alec Peters? Alec Peters is staying at Valpo. He went through the whole uh, workout thing and combine, and well, not the combine, but he went through all that whole thing and decided it was better for him to stay at Falpo. So, um, Jimmy, what, with, with Alec Peters coming back, does that, in, despite the fact they just changed coaches, you know, where does that put, does that put Valpo still at the top of the conference at this point in time? Man, it's just, it's, it's so early. Um, at this point in time, yes, I would say so. Um, it's not like Matt Lodich was picked up off the street no, he's he's been at Valpo. He's a Valpo guy, or I mean, he's. I mean, how how long has he been an assistant there? He's. It, it was it was a hire about continuity. I think Valpo saw saw what Butler did when you know Barry Collier leaves. They hire Todd Licklider. When Todd Licklider leaves, they had hire Brad Stevens, and in both of those situations, I mean, you didn't miss a beat with either coach. So that's what I would expect out of Alpo. I mean, they're, they lose David Scara. And I think, you know, I think actually when you, when, when I saw that Peters was coming back, I almost wonder whether or not Scara saw that as Peters being in front of him for like, like I, I don't know if he he had been, maybe sold on being the guy and wanted to go somewhere where he could, where he could get a lot more playing time. Cause obviously, you know, when, when Peters is there, Peters is going to be playing well, more than well, Scara, the, the, the thing with Scara there. though was, is that he actually made his decision to transfer out before, even before Alec Peters had made a decision on whether or not he was going to stay in the draft or go transfer somewhere else. Cause he had that option too. So you know, David Scarra had made the decision that he was transferring out way before, you know, any Alec Peters made a decision at all. So I don't know if that had played into it at all. Um, but, but the Scarra thing is a whole other interesting situation because here, here you have a guy who wants to transfer and is trying and apparently was trying to transfer to Vanderbilt. It looks like, and fought the university on it and lost. Well, there's a couple things here. I mean, first off, you know, Scar had made the decision to transfer before Alec Peters made any announcement. Mm-hmm. I, I think we we all 
would agree that there are there are certain things that teammates will know and co- their coaches will know. You know, there there are things that are known inside a program. So maybe Peters, maybe maybe he had known when he was ready to do that that Peters was gonna you know stick around in, in all likelihood or something like that. Or maybe Peters instead really is just going to you know test the waters, but it's not he's expecting to come come back. Um, as far as not being able to transfer to Valpo or transfer from Valpo to Vanderbilt, uh, I understand the frustration of a lot of Valpo fans. Um, honestly, I think I think you'd have to look at it as if that's your kid. Um, you know, say you have a twenty-year-old kid and they commit to play somewhere. They're not really committing to play for a place in, in the recruiting process, you know, more than anything else, you know, you're, you're being sold on a coaching staff. And so player players are almost universally more attached to their coaches than they are to the place because, you know, the place is, you know, it's, it's bricks and mortar and the people are flesh and blood. So it's, it's kind of like, how, how we look at our own situation up here with all of our, all the players getting, you know, really, really, really angry at Amanda Braun over the Jeter firing. It's the same thing with, with Scara. You know, he, he, he's attached to Bryce Drew because he came to Valpo to play for Bryce Drew. Mm-hmm. And for, so, so I, I, I think that Valpo fans kind of who, who are angry at Scara need to remember, number one, this is a person who, you know, wants to go do something else and he wants to go to a specific place. And really, who are you to tell them what they, what they, what they can do? Um, you know, I look at Gary waters oh and I'm not, I'm not talking about the, the transfers of the last couple of years. Don't worry about that. I'm actually thinking about uh, Anthony Davis. Oh because, yeah. Because he had the commitment exactly. to play for Cleveland state. And then grew half and, a foot and went to Kentucky. And he grew half a foot, and 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 all of a sudden he's you know one of the top recruits in the country. And Gary Waters understood, you know, something that a surprising amount of coaches and universities don't. You know, Gary understood that you, you don't do yourself any favors by trying to fight this kid. Um, up here in Wisconsin, uh, over in Madison, you know, Bo Ryan tried to fight Jared Udhoff transferring to Iowa. A, you know, because he didn't want to have to play him twice a year, and it it ended up blowing up in his face, and it blew up in his face, and you know for the right reasons because these are people. There's I realize that there are that you know when you're hired on at a company or a high enough employee that you have a you know you you have a pretty you know specific contract sometimes it will you know involve that no compete clause where if you leave you can't go to a competition but vanderbilt's not velpo's competition they don't play each other um they unless they get to the postseason and run into each other um they don't have it, it it just doesn't seem to me it seems to me like sour grapes more than anything else and when I look at the ADs around the conference, I've 
I respect Mark LaBarbera really at the top, uh, you know, at, at the top. I think we have a, a, a number of great ADs, and I really think that LaBarbera is great, but I, I think that if this was, or if he, you know, if he's pushing this, I think it, I think it was the wrong decision. I think you should have let Scar go wherever he wanted to because, I mean, unless he's gone to, you know, UIC or Milwaukee or another Horizon League school, like I under, I at least understand why. But even in that situation, that's going to blow up in your face. It's, you know, Scar wanted to go play for the guy that he came to play for. And you have, uh, you know, for the fans that disagree, you have to look at it from, you know, as if you're his, you're his father or you're his mother. You have to look at it from that point of view. And you have to understand that, you know, this is this is a person and this person wants to, you know, nobody will be able to tell you that you couldn't transfer from Valparaiso University to Vanderbilt University. So why do you get to tell this guy that he can't transfer to Vanderbilt University and continue his, you know, his college athletics career? So that's that's just how I look at it. I mean, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of variables, but at the end of the day, you know, you're really just, it's just, it's just sour grapes, really. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I don't really honestly have an opinion about it one way or the other. These things have happened and have been happening a lot in the last couple of years. And, you know, it's happened, it's happened to Cleveland state. It's happened everywhere. So it's a, you know, to me, it's not, um, you know, it's just the name of the game at this point in time, you know, deal with it and kind of move on or don't, you know, but in terms of, in terms of the, the roster at Valpo um, with, with Peter's back in, you know, Scar or no Scar, that this is still a a pretty good, uh, a really good program. And, you know, with the continuity for transitioning from Drew to Lodich, um, the loss is going to be minimized. I think they're going to, I think they're probably going to miss Keith Carter more than they do David Scarra. That's my own opinion. Um, Keith Carter, of course, uh, petitioned for a sixth year and was denied by the NCAA. So, um, the, the, but, but again, they've got so much in, they still have so much in the arsenal that it's, um, yeah, it's, that's, they're, that's, they're that's, that's pretty that's, scary. <laughs> that's another that, that Keith Carter thing is just another case of the NCAA flexing its muscles because it has muscles and periodically it needs to flex them. It, it, you're you you do nothing for. I mean, I am a I am a fan of a program that is a rival to you know, the that university, and I I think that it's ridiculous that they wouldn't let that kid <laughs> play. I mean. How how many minutes did he get, even play in that that one that that one year that they're counting? Was I I am I'm, I'm not able to pull the numbers off the top of my head. It wasn't that it's many. Just, I'll tell you. That. I think it's like twenty nine minutes or something like that. That whole first season or something like that. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I think it's it was very minimal that for that that one year, and then, um, you know, I, I, I the consistency is kind of baffling to me. Um, but yeah. that, again, just part of the just part of the game. But in all honesty, you know, all things being equal, I'd rather be playing Uno. You know, we had you know before the this season, 
uh, we had talked about, you know, I, I, I had talked to the coaches on our, at our staff about the possibility of J.R. Lyle, you know, one of our, uh, I think he, he was a guy in our rotation, uh, the possibility of J.R. Lyle getting a sixth year mm-hmm. because his, his freshman year of eligibility that he played, uh, he, he redshirted at Northern Iowa and then the first, he, he transferred to a JUCO. <clears throat> Excuse me. And at the JUCO, he broke his hand like 10 games into the season. But mm-hmm. when you're at a JUCO, the games don't count as much as like Division One games. So oh. they had talked about they had talked about pursuing a sixth year of eligibility for him, and obviously that didn't come to fruition because you know we had we had the <laughs> we had our whole situation. So that yes. kind of changed. So Lyle was another guy that to bring up, but for for speaking I, I, I thought your, that it was pretty stupid. Speaking that, Jimmy of your whole yeah. situation. The, sure. the, the saga continues in Milwaukee to the, of course, you're only now getting half the story now that, uh, that uh, Amanda Braun has, has blocked you on Twitter. Congratulations. Um, just chalking up another AD getting blocked by uh, blocking Panther. You, I think you're, you're not, I, I'm not, I'm wondering if you're, yeah, you're, yeah. How many of them are you going to be have blocked by the time it's all said and done? I think, um, I don't know, man. <laughs> you know, it's a real joke. You know, we, we talk about, um, we, 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 you know, she, she'd say things like she doesn't hold any ill will towards people. She doesn't have, uh, she, she doesn't dislike people, you know, especially, you know, people were asking her if there was any, like any animosity, you know, that she had towards Jeter. And, you know, we, I, I, we, you mentioned that she blocked me, um, but she never followed me to begin with. So I don't think she really cared, you know, what I had to say. She followed other fans of the program, um, you know, other fans that would have, you know, more, <clears throat> more purse strings to loosen up and give money. So I'm sure that was part of it. But, you know, she also didn't follow Rob Jeter. So, I mean, this is this is this is an athletic director that just she kind of she kind of lies or tells half truths almost every time she opens her mouth. Um, It's, it's just, it's kind of a, it's kind of the norm now that I just expect that every, every time she, she talks, I'm going to have to, you know, you got, you have to parse her words to find out what she's actually saying. Um, (laughs) Which leads me to the most ridiculous thing I've seen this week. And I say this week because so many other ridiculous things happen. You you had you had actually tweeted this out, and I uh, I read this. There was a there was a member of the Wisconsin Board of Regents who had openly questioned why Milwaukee should have an athletic department in general. Really? That's a yeah. That's that's actually a. What the hell is that all about? That's that's not something that's that's not a notion that has been completely uh, is completely new. Uh, every yeah. now and then you hear fans of of Madison kind of question it. It's 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 always Badgers that do it. Um, Mar- Marquette fans, obviously at a private university, have never never really say anything about it. But you know, you hear you hear Badger fans, and it's usually you know coming off some some kind of success that we've had 
Like, why do they even exist? Or, or it's coming off of some kind of, you know, really bad year. But for like, a member which, of the Board of Regents to say something like that, that's, for, that, that, yeah. that's, power, that's powerful dumb. I'm just throwing that out. What, what you and have, to, so, to put it yeah. to you into perspective as well, um, as you probably know, the state of Illinois is having a real issue with their budget. The governor and the state legislature are butting heads. And they have a massive budget issue and they haven't, the state hasn't been able to allocate any funds to any of its universities. This includes the university of Illinois system, which includes of course, UIC. There has never been any talk of for practical reasons, even though there's not that much, not as much money coming in as there once was, there's never been any talk of UIC getting rid of by anybody within at the state level, be it the broader regions, be it anybody talking about getting rid of UIC athletics. So it strikes me as ridiculously silly that a member of the Wisconsin Board of Regents would even suggest it at all. Did he, did he walk it back at all? I mean, I'm just curious. I, I, it, it, it was you, – you, you have to remember that this is there's, – there's a bit of context that you have to get from this. Um, the Board of Regents is uh, it's a, the 18-person governing body – and uh, not very long ago, the it, more of the regions came under uh, more of the slots for regions to fill, were came under the control of the governor's office, as far as you know, appoint to appoint people to the border regions. Obviously, this you know brings a conflict of interest with the major budget cuts that UW system is, is, is facing the $250 million that was cut out of the budget by, you know, the Republican state house and governor Walker has appointed, you know, your run of the mill conservatives to the board of regents to a governing body of the system of higher education. That's, I, I, there's nothing wrong with uh, being a Republican. I just I I, I know that uh, and, when and you're looking that, at that also strikes me as interesting as well because of the fact that you know as, as you know in Ohio you know Republican governor Republican dominated state legislature but nobody's yeah. discussing nobody's actively discussing at all drowning higher education in a bathtub. Well, I think I think John Kasich as much as as much as you you despise him, I'm sure. Uh, I, I don't despise the guy. I, we, we, we open quite I, uh, the only. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people in Ohio dis- disagree with John Kasich, but what I w- what I would say is that I think John Kasich. Ohio was the only people who did. Ohio was the only people who didn't let, uh, who who voted for him instead of Donald Trump, knowing even knowing full well he had no chance of being president. So you know. Say what well, you will about John Kasich, and I know I've said a few things, but you know, at least you know we're not. You know, at least we have the many, mind to realize yeah. that there are some alternatives that are less savory, if you will. There are a great many people who would be happier to see him as the nominee rather than you know Donald Trump. But but oh, we're getting we're getting we're getting we're getting away from anyway, what I'm saying. But what I meant but, is that he picks his spots better, and than 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 our governor does. Um, oh yeah, Governor, governor Walker, <clears throat> largely since. You know, in the last five years, really, his his major, I guess you could call them accomplishments, he's kind of attacked education, um, the UW system specifically, um, because the UW system is funded at a very high level by the the state, 
um, I, I don't, I don't want to get into the actual, whether or not the UW system is funded. Well, we all have our own personal beliefs on that. But what I'm saying is, is that this is somebody who has, he, he has an agenda and he appoints people who support his agenda and the board of regions that runs the UW system that relies on this money becoming run more and more by fiscal conservatives. One of them being Tim Higgins from the Fox Valley, who is a Madison alum alumnus, by the way, you know, Tim mm-hmm. Higgins is the, this regent that suggested, you know, why does UWM even play athletics at all? And for those who don't know, a quick rundown, Madison, uh, student enrollment of about 40, 41,000. Milwaukee, about 28, 29,000. It has been as high as 32. Madison's been as high as 43. No other school in the UW system is is higher than 12,000. Uh, Green Bay, of the 12, or of the 13 four-year schools, Green Bay is actually, I believe, third or third smallest or fourth smallest as far as enrollment yeah i think you mentioned that in the previous and 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 of all of these 13 four-year schools madison's the only one that is you know that that can fund itself and 30 years ago that wasn't the case Uh, before donna shalala was hired as chancellor before she hired Pat Richter to be AD, who went and got Barry Alvarez, who turned the football program upside down and got things kicking, Madison was a university that relied heavily on its student its student population as well as um, state you know state funding to run its athletics program. So I, I would point to Tim Higgins and say, well, look, man. You know, you want to, if you, if we're having the same conversation in 1986 rather than 2016, getting your own alma mater's athletic department in the, in the, in the same way. And of course he would not because, well, we're in the big no. 10 or whatever. But the point is that Madison got better at, you know, over time because it was able to grow as an athletic department. And Milwaukee, and I, 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 I know that some people will roll their eyes when I say this, but I truly believe that Milwaukee is an athletics depart- department is one of the biggest sleeping giants in the country. We've been incredibly mismanaged and misrun as an athletics program are almost for for seven years. For that, we were run very much like a Division three program that was masquerading as division one um i i our 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 athletic hall of fame carries the name of bud haiti who was the ad from 88 89 and then he he shortly thereafter brought us back to division one we were division one in the 70s he uh he brought us back to division one and then retired in 2009 uh he was a very good uh administrator athletic director he didn't micromanage uh, athletic programs. Uh, he was a very good AD, but he was not a fundraiser. He was not. He was not the kind of guy who who would really, um, you know, get people very excited to be, you know, to be part of things. So our fundraising was never there. So when we went to the Sweet Sixteen, nothing really came of it. 
there were a lot of people who were out, you know, holding their pop pocketbooks open, checkbooks, and they had a pen. They were ready to write giant checks to us, and the university had no idea what to do. And at the time that happened, the chancellor was a guy named Carlos Santiago. He had replaced Nancy Zimfer, and Nancy Zimfer was a very she was the chancellor that really athletics could be a big deal. So when she allowed Bruce Pearl to do what he needed, she allowed Bud to allow Bruce Pearl to do what Bruce Pearl needed to do to succeed. And that's how he got the sweet 16, but she left and then Bud and her replacement Santiago didn't know what to do. So they never really understood like how to capitalize on it. So what I say that Milwaukee is, you know, one of the biggest sleeping giants in the country. I say this based on the fact that we are one of the three or four largest public, you know, you know, public universities. Actually, I think so all universities really, I think we're one of the largest, you know, nonprofit traditional universities that does not have uh, a football program. Um, there's a reason that VCU has been able to succeed at the level it's been able to succeed at. And it's not just because they got Shaka smart. It's not just because they had, you know, they had good leadership from, you know, now disgraced Norwood Teague or, you know, that they set up the Villa seven, those things all happen and those are great. But part of that's because VCU in itself had the, uh, had the capacity because it's a, it's you know has thirty six thousand students and is not does not have football holding it down, which is why Wichita State adding football would be such a terrible idea. So I, I look at I look at Milwaukee and I say, well, we have this. We're, we we could be something great if we ever had the leadership that could figure out how to you know take advantage of everything. So it, when, when Tim Higgins brings up why does UWM even exist in Division I athletics, I'll turn around and say, look, Jagoff, there's nothing, there, there, there is no school of our size that's, you know, running around as a Division II or Division III program that should be. If there are schools that are in Division II or Division III that are playing at our level, they are not top-level research universities. We just became an R1 research university. We are the top tier of research. So we are, we are at the top of that level, and we started putting our research together 10 years ago. Mm. I mean, our, our university has grown by leaps and bounds, and that's great. <clears throat> but if we, can, if we can somehow in some way uh, you know, figure out how to get our athletics program run correctly and that's not Nate D who's a middle manager that runs all the way up to the chancellor you know those people all have to be on board and get it together and <clears throat> what we saw when we went to the sweet 16 was we saw a program that got it together without you know without having <clears throat> the resources and not having any success prior and you know, Bruce Pearl didn't exactly do it the, you know, the, the Boy Scouts way, the Scouts way, but he got it done. And Milwaukee is a program, just it needs that leadership. It doesn't need, we don't need to drop to Division Two or Division Three or cut athletics altogether. But I, I'm, I'm sure that 
a a smart college sports fan who is an alumnus and fan of the Wisconsin Badgers, I am sure that that guy looks at our program and will worry. I'm sure that guy will worry because what happens if Milwaukee were to get a football team? Well, Wisconsin football has been really built on its walk-on program. That you know, it, it's built on the fact that there are no other Division One football programs in in Wisconsin, and football is the number one choice of of almost all the best athletes in in you know in high school in this state. So you know, I mean, we had a, I went to high school with a kid named Ricky Wagner, who he was a freshman when I was a senior. He had a, an offer to play basketball on scholarship from our coaches at Milwaukee, and. He was, I mean, he, he, he was a 6'8", 220-pound power forward that, I mean, he, could, he, he, he was a very good basketball player. And he could have played pro, you know, as a basketball player down the road, but he wanted to play football, so he walked on at Madison. If, if Milwaukee had a football scholarship, maybe that guy would have played football here. Rather uh, on scholarship rather than walking on at Madison is what I, is 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 what I'm saying. So I, I think a guy like Higgins, who may be a smart athletics fan, would look at Milwaukee as something that takes away from his alma mater, and that's partly why he would float that notion. The other part being that he is a fiscal conservative that doesn't want money spent on stuff that he sees as frivolous. Well. Tim Higgins, Milwaukee Athletics is not frivolous. Amanda Braun was right to point out that visibility is a big part of what athletics brings to the table. Have you ever heard of Northeastern Illinois University? No, a lot of people haven't. A lot of people my age haven't at least because Northeastern Illinois disbanded its athletics program in the mid-90s. So there's there's, there's, there's a reason that there's a reason that we play athletics. Visibility is part of it, but really, there are a lot of things that it provides, even at a school like ours. I probably would not have considered Milwaukee as heavily if I were if it were not a Division One athletics program. I probably would have gone to say Whitewater, which was successful in sports at a Division Three level or I probably would have tried going out of state or somewhere else. Um, Milwaukee, you know, you know, division one provides a university, a level of visibility. So that gets you indoors. When you play a national television game on say ESPN or whatever station you are, you are having a, a million people or more are watching your game on television and while they're watching your game they're seeing eight commercials produced by your university that advertise your academic program not your athletics program so it's it's important when you're reaching beyond your your normal area we're trying to reach out beyond southeastern wisconsin to get students we want more students to apply we want more of them we want better our student we want we want to get better we can't do that 
if nobody in California or Maine has heard of us and the way they hear about us is because they'll turn on ESPN one day and see our basketball team play Um, a, a good university. And this comes back to the leadership thing. will also figure out how to succeed based on its, you know, they'll, they'll figure out how to use, uh, they'll, they'll get student retention from running the athletics program correctly. If athletics is fun and it succeeds and the experience is, you know, is, is something that is memorable and engenders, you know, engenders passion in the student, in the student base, then you stand a much higher chance of keeping those students at your university. I, I, I obviously I'm a bigger fan than others, but when, when I, when I had, I had spoken with my advisor when I was a junior, because I was a journal, I was, I was going, I was a journalism student right before my junior year. I was, I was a, I was a journalism major and journalism was a very popular uh, major at the time. And I couldn't break through this, get a cap on the amount of students that could go through to journalism 201 and beyond. I think it was before my sophomore year, actually. And you had to be in the top 40% of students, except I was, I had got an A minus, but like half the class got A's. So I actually couldn't move on to the next level. And I, I went to my advisor and he says, well, maybe you should consider transferring to Parkside because they, they have a journalism program that's, you know, that is actually, uh, you know, Parkside's a school in Kenosha, right by the border with Illinois. And he says, maybe you should try and consider transferring UW Parkside. They have a nice journalism program. Um, it won't be as, as difficult to get into. He's like, obviously you have the talent because you did get an A minus in the class uh, twice, actually. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, 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 you know, maybe you should try that. And I, I, I stayed because I was so attached to the university and the athletics program. So, you know, when, when a guy like Tim Higgins opens his mouth and questions whether or not it's worth the, the money and students do spend a lot of money, you know, for UWM athletics to exist, but we spend it collectively. I mean, I don't know what the segregated fees are at Cleveland state, but I know that you guys are, you guys are funded almost entirely by student student money, right? Uh, yes, eighty nine. Yes, and the the number that has been floated around is eighty nine percent of the eleven million dollar budget. Um, yeah, and yeah, that's. I mean, it's which is interesting because you know you look at the stands, how many actual you know eighty nine percent of their budget is coming from the student body, and how many students do you ever see at anything? Well, I mean, this is this is what I say is that it's 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 part of it's part of visibility. It's part of student retention. So maybe uh, Cleveland State and Milwaukee, you know, we're not getting it the right way for student retention. Possibly not. Student student speaking student retention is making the experience. I'm sorry, speak, but I just speaking, I, I just of, re- speaking of retention, by the way, and yeah, I'm gonna we're gonna segue into it was something that um, you know that has been kind of a thing uh especially as it relates to the horizon league in general you're seeing a lot of you, you see you've seen a lot of movement i mean we talked about david scar earlier but 
on yes. the Cleveland State end. Um, and this really wasn't that surprising to me, but Andre Yates is gone. He apparently has decided to leave Cleveland State University as opposed and, – and instead of being graduate transfer, which I thought was going to happen, which I thought might happen um, – He's just gonna. He's just gonna go pro. He's just gonna go pro, which is and nobody knew about it for three weeks. Apparently, he decided to create a new Twitter account that nobody was following and posted up a tweet on May twentieth about, "Hey, I'm going turning pro. It's time for me to go to the next level." Blah 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 blah. He'll probably go to Europe. Um, again, not really that surprising a move. Um, he wasn't uh, – he, you know, knowing where the direction Cleveland State is going, um, much younger, you know, Gary Waters, you know, had made a number of different comments about cleaning house, you know, starting fresh, makes sense to me. Um, and, you know, that, that's kind of the ball game with him. And then, you know, it's, you know, I'm not really, we've got to, we've, you know, Cleveland state has been signing people like crazy, even, even junior college trans junior college people, which Gary waters got burned once with and never really did it again until now. <laughs> but um, that, that's kind of how the ball bounces. And um, it's again, it's the, you know, Cleveland state by no means was, you know, was, was the hardest hit this season. Um, obviously we can, Jimmy, we can talk about, you know, we could talk about, you know, the transfer situation, Milwaukee till the cows come home, Detroit got hit hard. Uh, you know, not even, not even, tra- not even transfers really, but, um, you know, Paris, ba- you know, Paris Bass, who, you know, who, there was a, you know, we, we've had Carrick Jones on here a couple of, on the podcast, a couple of times who talked a little, who talked about his academic situation and it just went, and that was kind of the last straw it looks like. So he's not coming back. Um, I guess. Yeah. It, with, with, with Paris Bass, I don't think it was just the academics. Um, I've never talked to, uh, from, from what I hear and from uh, people besides Carrick, I, I talked to, uh, I, I heard that Paris Bass was something of a clubhouse cancer a little bit. Um, whether, I mean, I'm sure, I mean, sure, yeah, sure he's a nice guy. I just, I know that, I know that, so, that certain players, actually most, most of the players just did not really, uh, he wasn't really welcome back. And I'm sure Bakari Alexander is going to want to get a a fresh start. Which and he already kinda, has. And that's, I'm sure that's part of it with Andre Yates too. I mean, I'm I'm sure he looks at it as saying, you know, I you know the time is now to go make some money playing basketball. Um, it's not the first time that a player in the Horizon League uh, leaving early, even though they're not an NBA prospect. Um, Sam Sam Hanpa left Valparaiso to play pro after his sophomore year, I believe it was maybe junior year. Uh, but Sam, yeah, Sam Hanpa played. He he left early to play pro, so it's not it's not out of the question. Um, I think it's just really a I think it's a matter of Andre Yates saying, you know, <clears throat> I can go make money playing pro now. Maybe if I if I take care of my money. If I, you know, if I, if I get that extra year, you know, and really, and, and succeed, you know, I can always come back and graduate later. So it's, I mean, it, it, at, at Kentucky, do any of the Kentucky fans 
at freshmen who declare and go into the draft? No. So why should we feel angry? You know, if if a guy like Andre Yates decides that he wants to leave and and play his cards playing pro, and it's mm-hmm. Cleveland State. Maybe I don't know because mm-hmm. I think Waters is like you said. Waters trying to clean house, and the team was is obviously not going to be winning anything incredible now. You know, this next year. Why force him to stick around when he doesn't want to be here? And yeah. why would well, you want? Well, that's the other thing too, because you know he he was done, and, and I'm I'm a little surprised. Uh, he probably it didn't look like he was able to. From what it sounds like, it didn't look like he was able to become a graduate transfer. Apparently, he wasn't going to be able to uh, do what he needed to do to finish up and be able to transfer to another school as a graduate uh, as a graduate. So this was apparently this, this from what it looks like, this looks like plan B it looks like. Um, so I don't know. And, you know, it, again, it, it, you know, with, with everything, you know, with, with kind of all the changes that all the incoming folks coming into Cleveland state, um, it, it's not, too surprising. I mean, it could have would have loved to have his leader. You know, would have had love love to have his leadership this year, but obviously that's not going to happen. So, um, the, which brings me to my last thing. Uh, to the last thing, you know, I, you, um, speaking of Gary Waters. <laughs> yep. Gary Gary Waters, by the way, is on Twitter. He's he's actually a, he has a verified account. Gary Waters does tweeted in more than a year. Isn't it like the Gary Waters way or something like that? Yeah, yes, that's right. However, in May, something amazing happened. And I say amazing because, dear God, we have way too much time on our hands, guys. And believe me, (laughs) myself included, believe me, I've I've done, having, having gone down this road myself, well, not, you know, fake Twitter accounts, of course, but we, we now have an evil Gary Waters account at evil Gary Waters. And the, I need more, uh, Jimmy, I don't know about you, but I need more of this in my life. <laughs> well, I, I always was kind of <laughs> disappointed that the, the, the commission LaCrona account kind of went away. Like yeah. every now and then you see it pop up a little bit, but I was always kind of disappointed about it. But Gary Waters is so much more ripe for caricature than Lacrone. So, I mean, the, the guy himself is like a caricature. You know, he's, I mean, I, I you go to one of those tourist traps, uh-huh. uh, like like those tourist destinations, they go to like Atlantic City or here in Wisconsin, yeah. or the Wisconsin Dells. And like, say I go to the Dells and I'm walking up bro- the, the, you know, the, the, the Broadway, the main, the main street. And there'll be like one of these sidewalk artists and what they'll do is, you, you know, the, 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 they'll do a caricature painting of you. I'm yeah. like, it's like, Oh, Hey, it looks like a picture of me with a giant head. And I got like a skateboard or whatever. I want to tell them that I'm going to be holding. And it's like, and, and I, I, th- I think of Gary waters as being a guy who's just, who's ripe for that. Like mm-hmm. you could, you could just, you can, you can picture like that, like, airbrushed uh like painting of him <laughs> where he's got the big head and they uh, overemphasize the gap in his teeth 
and he's just and he's and he's got the like the, the cry like it's he's such a character and he acts so you know so wildly at times during games so it, it, he's a character that's ripe for this you know this kind of parody uh if these twitter parody accounts are going to continue to exist then Gary Waters most definitely is one that I that I want to see and Whoever's running it, wh- whoever's running it, they are doing a fantastic job. I think oh, I've gotten man. into like three or four oh. arguments with them over just absolutely nothing. Yes, yes, you have. It's absolutely awesome. Um, the <laughs> the the uh, there's there is some you know real speculation as to <clears throat> who exactly is behind the evil Gary Waters account. I'm I maintain that I think it's somebody within athletics just because. Um, and maybe it's because of maybe it's because of you know kind of the complacency. I mean, I, I wrote about you know how basically Cleveland State won nine games. They're last in the conference. They were last in the conference in attendance for the second year in a row. And basically, nobody's losing their job, even a symbolic firing. So I mean, the the, the and what what struck me and what made me think that possibly that it was somebody within athletics because he keeps, cause he keeps tweeting about, you know, people within athletics um, that you wouldn't even think of. Um, like for example, associate AD Tom Tontimonia, he's in charge. He's in charge of the business dealings and all that stuff. And he has been, he's pounded on him a couple of times, which is, which I, I don't know of any, there's not a lot of fans who don't really know the, a lot of the infrastructure of the, you know, the way the inner workings of athletics. So when I saw him starting tweeting out, you know, associate ADs, like they were nothing. I'm like, Whoa. I mean, this yeah. guy knows a lot. I mean, a <laughs> lot, a lot. So he probably knows more about a lot of different things that we probably have no clue about. Which is what are amazing. what are what are some examples? Uh, are there are there? Do you have a, a bunch of? I, I'm just I'm I'm going through his timeline and I'm trying to really like. I'm trying well, to see. Is they have to know something's going on. Somebody has to know something's going on because two of the uh, two of Gary Waters' actual assistants blocked him on Twitter. Both um, Larry D. Dissembler and uh, Cornelius Jackson blocked him. So I don't know why they know would want to. I don't know. I mean, maybe, you know, I, <laughs> the funny thing is, like, I, it's come it, – he's got – quite a few i wouldn't say admirers because it's not like he's built up a huge following base he's only got 52 followers guys and so um i mean i don't know what to say on that one i i know that um i know that one of our i was talking to one of our now former coaches mm-hmm. um and we were we had we had we had, t- we had mentioned the account Cause he's like, he's like, I'm surprised you didn't like, he's like, I'm surprised you didn't start a, a like a Amanda Braun parody Twitter account. And I'm like, well, uh, the parody Twitter account's not really my thing. And then, yeah. and then I mentioned the Gary Waters one and he's like, oh yeah, a lot of us are rolling about that one. Yeah. Like, what, do you, what do you mean by that? And he's like, he's like, oh, it's just, it's hilarious. And, uh, and it, is. He's it like, really is. He, I, I, like I said, I need more of this life he actually (laughs) thinks that it's gary waters that's running it which okay let's let's not get too crazy i mean yeah i know i know that it doesn't make sense i know 
by the way, I know that I'm pretty sure that Gary Waters himself didn't tweet from Gary Waters' account, okay, <laughs> from yeah. his actual account. Um, I'm, so I'm not – I wouldn't be exactly – yeah, if he's going to – no. No. Uh, as much as I would like to think that he did that, no, not really. So, um, but yeah, so in closing, I think, you know, keep on keeping on evil Gary Waters. Um, let's, let's hope we do not get on your bad side and, um, <laughs> easier said than done for you, Jenny, but he seems to be, he, I haven't gotten on his bad side yet. So at least we got that going for me. Oh yeah. So, yeah, I mean, he, oh, seriously, he's like, yeah, the, the, yeah, he, he's, you know, some of these internal things like the, you know, the, 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 you know, it, athletics internally has like this award show and he, he tweeted about that and back in, you know, back in early May. Um, and so I think it's, I don't know, I, I, I'd be very interested. Um, I, I don't think it's, honestly, I don't think it's going to come out who it is and that's okay because, you know, it, the, the the less the less time you know the more time that it takes for everybody to get it i figured that that's not going to be the case so anyway um so with that i think we can call i think we can wrap this up for the, i think we can go ahead and wrap this up for the summer jimmy yeah yeah so I, it was good so, it was good to get a to get a get a slot in so thanks everybody for listening i hope everybody has a great summer Absolutely. And um, you can find us on fourlights.fm and wherever you can find good podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, you name it. We got it. Tune in or there. So we'll see. We'll see you probably. We'll see you in the fall and, you know, we'll come up with some new shenanigans to get into. Take care, everybody.